Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, as more states legalize recreational marijuana, it's easy to forget that pot is still illegal, according to the federal government. That conflict with states being allowed to ignore federal law, at least when it comes to some things, maybe not others, that's the subject of our cover story this week. According to polls, most Americans support legal marijuana, and that's reflected in a growing number of states that have legalized marijuana. I think New Mexico, Virginia, South Dakota, those are some of the latest states to pass laws that will allow pot to be sold. Sunday's cover story on Full Measure, we're talking November 14th, looks at the conflicting laws. Pot is illegal at the national level, but the feds don't enforce the laws basically in states that violate federal law by legalizing it. I bet you didn't know that under federal law, marijuana is still considered an illegal Schedule One drug, the same as heroin and LSD, which supposedly means there's a high potential for abuse or harm and no accepted medical use. That could be changing. There's a lot of talk about whether there will be a change on a national level, what the Supreme Court may do as it picks up challenges that could be related. But moving off the specific issue of marijuana, it kind of feels like we get ever deeper into a situation where there's a lot of picking and choosing going on. You don't really know where the line is to be drawn. It depends on what side you're on. I'm talking about there are states and cities that have different laws that violate federal law. Sometimes the feds look the other way and sometimes they don't. There are states and cities that have declared themselves sanctuary cities that protect people who are here illegally. You may know that Oregon decriminalized all illegal drugs. There are states defying the federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate, but in this case, the feds are fighting back. That's all yet to be determined, of course. But what I'm saying is it depends on who's in charge and how they feel about the law that's being violated by a state or a local government as to whether they try to do anything about it. The pot laws, though, they're a very unique situation, very complicated, because even as the federal government takes the position that marijuana is illegal, the IRS is more than happy to collect a ton of money from the businesses selling pot, which really rankles them understandably. One of those business owners is Wanda James. She's America's first black owner of a legal marijuana shop. And I spoke with her in Colorado for this week's cover story on Full Measure, and I sure learned a lot. Here's part of the interview. I've always been a connoisseur. Uh, for as long as I can remember from high school all the way through. Uh, I never dreamt that we would ever be selling cannabis because obviously 
10 years ago, you would have been a drug dealer if you were doing this um, without the, the laws that are in place. Um, the biggest reason that we're involved is in 2009, I came off of Barack Obama's National Finance Committee and off of uh, Congressman Jared Polis, who's now Governor Jared Polis's um, campaign. And about 10 years before that, I had the opportunity to meet my brother. And my brother was arrested for four ounces of weed when he was 17 years old. And it cost him 10 years of his life in the police system, in the law system. And four of those years, my 18-year-old brother picked cotton in Texas to purchase his freedom. Uh, I'm a former military officer here, grew up in Colorado, went to the University of Colorado Boulder. Um, a very white world. And nobody in my world got arrested for cannabis. Um, as a CU student, cops would walk by and tell us to put the weed away. My brother was the first person I had ever met that had actually been arrested and done time for cannabis. Um, and that wasn't okay with me. So my husband and I decided to take this on. And when we opened up our first dispensary in 2009, we wanted it to be political and we wanted to be able to put a political voice on this issue so that we could talk about mass incarceration, so that we could talk about police harassment, so we could talk about um, the need for America's slave labor class. And that's the reason why we wanted to come in. So in, in a sentence or two, what is the statement of you becoming a business owner, a cannabis business owner? When you talk about it, it's a political statement, it's, it's, you know, it's not just a business for you. What, is, what statement are you making? What are you saying? Oh, no, this is, about, this is about everything that we do in our lifestyle. This is about uplifting this is about uplifting America, to be quite frank with you. Um, you know, prohibition has never worked in this country uh, for alcohol or for anything else. Uh, and this is really a, this is a political battle um, that we're engaged in right now. Okay, um, let's talk, I visited here a couple of years ago to see how legalized recreational marijuana is going so far. And I asked a question this way, so I'm gonna ask you the same way. Let's start with what are the positives? What has worked mm -hmm. out yeah. in terms of the hopes and the expectations? What part of that has come to pass? Wow. <laughs> so I just saw on TV, and, I'm not, and I have not confirmed this, I just saw it on TV, I think it was like two days ago on one of the news shows, but that Colorado has now done over $10 billion worth of sales um, since we legalized in 2014. Um, of that 10 billion, it is a billion plus in tax revenue. We have uh, decreased the arrest of all people, but black and brown people, by 98% in Colorado. We have, we have decreased all arrests for cannabis um, you know, across the board, but for blacks in, in particular, it's been decreased by about 98%. Um, we have, <laughs> we've saved babies that have epilepsy. We have discovered all of the amazing things that this plant can do for people, whether it's pain, um, epilepsy, neuroprotectant, uh, man, and we've given rise to a whole brand new industry um, that gives people a choice of recreation that does less harm. And then in terms of what hasn't worked out, um, some things we heard before, the illegal market was still strong because, well, particularly in California, I know you mm -hmm. were from California, they were complaining that so much of it goes to taxes, people just assume still buy it on the street. I don't know if that's still the case in Colorado, you can tell me. But what are the shortfalls or the areas that's, that haven't come through? So the areas that haven't come through 
unfortunately are issues with the business of cannabis. Overregulation has made um, the business of cannabis extremely difficult. People are under the impression that anybody in the cannabis space is making billions of dollars. Um, we may be bringing in billions of dollars, but we don't get to keep that because of the 280E tax um, penalty, and that's a whole nother show, but basically we have to pay 40 to 80% of our income to the federal government, which is really ridiculous given the fact that that tax penalty was set up for Pablo Escobar and folks of that ilk. So, okay, so explain that. So okay. <laughs> mar marijuana is still illegal on a federal standpoint, but they don't, my understanding is, tell me if this is wrong, the federal government doesn't enforce those laws in states that have legalized on a state level. So you're still getting penalized under federal law for something that's legal in your state? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, the federal government, in terms of revenue or penalty, treats you like a drug dealer. Yes. While the state says what you're doing is a tax-generating business. Yes. And to be honest with you, the United States government, they have been the biggest drug dealer in, in cannabis, per se, because they've made the most money out of anybody. So if you can imagine all of the billions that... California sold last year, all of the billions that Colorado sold, Illinois and the other 17 states um, that are currently selling cannabis, 40 to 80% of all of that income goes to the federal government. So at the end of the year, do you have to file that on your taxes or how, how does that work? Yep. Every April 15th, um, you know, we, we file, you know, our income statement and um, our taxes with the feds and we write them a very, very hefty check with lots and lots and lots of zeros. Is there a way to change that? Are people working to try to change it? The only way that that changes is when we federally legalize. Because as long as we are selling what the government calls a Schedule One illegal drug, which cannabis and meth um, are the two most known drugs that are in that schedule, cocaine is not Schedule One um, because cocaine has medicinal benefits. Um, Schedule one says that you have no medicinal benefits and nothing good comes out of it for a society, which for the federal government to continue to make that stance is really the craziest thing I have ever heard, given the fact that 17 states, 33, 17 states are legal, 33 states have medicinal, and the federal government takes our money. <laughs> so it really is, um, that in itself, I think, is one of the biggest failures that has come out of the cannabis space right now. On the state level, what about taxes and bureaucracy and so on? Yeah, you know, on the state level, you know, as a business, what we don't have is we don't have any write-offs. Um, you know, uh, we can't write off anybody, any of my staff that actually sells cannabis. I can't write off any of their salaries. We can't take depreciation on our computers or on the lights. Um, I mean, it really is ridiculous to how little we actually get from um, the state and federal authorities did for you, the amount of people that we hire. Did you expect that when you got into it? Did you know it was going to be that way? No. I mean, who knew it was going to be that way, right? I mean, I, in 2009, we had no idea. Um, we figured, and Scott and I, my husband and I, have been um, entrepreneurs now for 30 years. So we figured that this would eventually run like the rest of our businesses, like the restaurant business, like the consulting business, um, like the alcohol business. Um, and it's done everything but that. Back after a short break. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? 
Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Because it's a political cause, do you plan to stay in the business despite the challenges? Or is it something that you see yourself not wanting to do for very long? Oh, no. We're in this forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, I love what we do every day. I mean, I absolutely adore this industry. Um, I love what it is that we do here. I love meeting people from, you know, Oklahoma and, and different places um, that are asking real questions about the plant, you know. Will this help me sleep? Can this increase my appetite? Will this help me with pain? Um, or, you know, I would really rather just go out with my girlfriends and smoke a joint instead of, you know, have a martini. Uh, absolutely adore what we do. And there are people who say that they don't like when legalized marijuana comes to a state or community, what it does to the tone of the community. Um, what would you say to people who don't want this coming to their state because they think it brings in homeless and people using drugs and a lot of negative culture? Because um, a lot of states are considering it. This is something that's being, you know, talked So about. my first question, we do a lot of consulting with a lot of different states um, as they bring on cannabis into their... Uh, uh, repertoire of what they'll offer folks. First and foremost, um, most states have voted this in as a process from the people. So the, most of the states that are currently legal, the people have voted on it. Um, there's a couple that the legislature actually put it through, but for the most part, this is people. This is people-powered um, uh, uh, politics happening as we move on. The second thing I would like to ask people is where are they getting these statistics on homelessness, the increase in drugs? Um, because what we have found is none of that is actually true. There is a huge homelessness problem right now, huge homelessness problem from New York to L.A. to South Dakota to Amarillo. No matter where you go in this country right now, we have a homeless issue. So that is A, not cannabis's fault. Um, B, as far as it changes the... Uh, feel of people, well, I don't know what that means, um, that it brings more open-minded people to your town, that um, it brings people that are not looking to get drunk and drive drunk and beat people up. So I don't know, it's, it's hard to respond to that because I don't know where people are getting their information or if they're just making it up. What's your takeaway at this point in time of the legal marijuana industry and any observations you have? Um, my, take, my takeaway on the legal cannabis business is we can't get to legalization fast enough. Um, the fact that the Biden administration is having issues with it is really um, upsetting to me. I'm somebody that had supported um, Kamala Harris when she was running for president, so I was thrilled to see her in the VP position. Um, but I am really not happy at the fact that this administration has decided not to move full force on legalizing cannabis for a number of reasons. One, we're coming out of a pandemic. 
Um, this is an excellent opportunity to regenerate jobs and high paying jobs compared to other places, right? Um, there, here, just uh, with that fact, here in Colorado, 48,000 people are badged. So in other words, 48,000 people a day go to work in Colorado in this cannabis space. At a time when people are revisiting what they want to do for a living, um, when small business is struggling, this is such a perfect opportunity to give people you know, the jobs that they're looking for in America right now. And yet, we're dragging our feet. And for some reason, and I don't know if it's Biden himself, but for some reason, uh, older Ameri some older Americans feel like this will somehow be an, a negative piece of, of what America is all about. And that's just absurd. Was there a hope that they would move to a bill in Congress or support some sort of national? And they've announced they won't? No. So the Biden, so Joe Biden has never been in favor of, of cannabis. It's been an issue. Um, Kamala has, um, sorry, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris has uh, changed her opinion um, over time and what she believes as to where the plant should be. Um, but sadly, you know, we're not seeing the administration push for these, you know, sweeping reforms that need to have happened. Chuck Schumer has said that he is going to introduce a bill. Um, I have not seen that yet, so I don't know where that's going to be. And obviously, I mean, most states, and I'm going to say who most senator, senators, meaning more than 50 percent of, um, of, of the senator base, is in support of legalizing cannabis. So the Biden administration, though, has just not picked up the ball and moved forward with anything or talked Correct. about it like that? Okay. Correct. Americans are rightly alarmed by the increasingly tight grip on the news and information by special interests, corporate interests, and big tech. In my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, I tell the important inside story of how we got here and the Orwellian world where we will find ourselves if the course isn't altered. Pick up a copy of Slanted today. That's Wanda James, the owner of a legal marijuana business in Colorado. We'll have a lot more on this topic. I thought it was fascinating once I really dug into it. This will be again Sunday, November 14th on Full Measure. For a list of our TV stations where this airs, you can go to CherylAckison.com and just click the Full Measure tab. You can see the list. If you don't have a TV station in your area, there are lots of other ways you can still watch Full Measure. You can download our free app, STIRR, S-T-I-R-R, -R, and you can watch Full Measure there on demand anytime or live when it feeds at 9.30 a.m. on Sundays. By the way, there are a lot of other great things on that free app, STIRR. There's local news programming, which you won't find many other places online or on apps, and there's a lot of other cool entertainment programming there on STIRR. But maybe the easiest thing for you to do is to simply watch online. You can watch online at fullmeasure.news, fullmeasure.news, Sundays live at 9.30 in the morning. And then the replays are posted there about noon Eastern time on Sundays after it airs on TV. So lots of ways to find Full Measure. If you like and appreciate this kind of reporting, it's worth mentioning that you can binge watch seven seasons or six and a half seasons of cover stories from Full Measure, all of my investigations, the original reporting, the topics we tackle in a way that really nobody else does. 
more like good old-fashioned news used to be. You'll hear views that aren't allowed on many media outlets today. You'll hear both sides of stories where often only one side is being given on popular news outlets today. And we even take on topics that are considered, for whatever reason, untouchable by many news outlets today. If you're curious and want to see what you might have missed, go to CherylAckeson.com, click that full measure tab, and you'll see a link to a list of all of our cover stories. You can browse them by category and see what it is you might want to watch. A caution, you might find yourself there a long time getting happily lost in the diverse and interesting set of topics in our full measure cover stories. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.